Welcome to the Shallow Dive on Koheles, the book of Ecclesiastes. Join us as we explore the treasures gathered by King Solomon. I hope you enjoy it. For man, there is no righteous in the land, that does good, and never sins. Tagum renders this, For there is no righteous man, in the land, diyaved tav, that does good, kol yomohi, all of his days, velo yechov, kodom adonai, and is never guilty before God. Aval gavro diyechov, kodom adonai, however, a man who is guilty before God, chamele, should look to him, to return in tshuva, in re- repentance, teshuva, re- restoration, ad de before he dies. There's a certain sense of urgency here. So Targum does add a lot to the verse that the import of human frailty, fallibility, susceptibility to sin, is that God in His supreme justice can feel out the most minute failing. The person might seem wholly righteous, and others would feel the same way. He might think that way. Others might think that way. But before God, there is no such thing as a person who doesn't have some degree of guilt. And this generates a responsibility to look and examine how one may do teshuva before death. Because no one is perfect. The, the term Adam, which is of course the, the name besides it meaning man, of Adam, the first, Adam symbolizes earthy or earthly man, There's a certain coarseness to human nature that is represented by Adam. And the continuity of the verse, Ein Tzadik Ba'aretz, there is no righteous in the land, I think is an important clue about the meaning. There's a, the context of in the land. The a person is not a vacuum. It doesn't exist in a vacuum. 
In theory, perhaps a person could be a tzaddik, wholly righteous, if he was aloof and detached, but ba'aretz, in the land, there are invariably challenges that come up. Nobody succeeds 100% of the time. So it would seem that the qualification, Ein Sadik, is specifically Ba'aretz. Ki Otam Ein Sadik Ba'aretz. And as we had already established, man is meant to live in the land in the sense of not to be isolated. The human being is not a solitary creature. We are social beings, but it comes with risks. Let's see how Rashi describes it. Ki odom ein tzadik ba'aretz, v'fikach tzorach v'fashfesh v'masok. Therefore, it is necessary to examine his deeds. Man must examine his deeds. Knowing that there's going to be error leads to this conclusion. Our, our personal deeds must be examined. We have areas that require teshuva. If a person is an Adam and Baaretz, this is a necessary Conclusion. We must examine our deeds. Let's see the Ben Ezra. Ki Adam. Chazor levayer inyan alte tzadik So it's coming back to clarify the matter that he raised earlier in Pasuk Tezayin, verse 16. Do not be overly righteous. Over there, the Ibn Ezra said, there are certain features that are typi typical of righteous activities that, when taken to an extreme, can be destructive. Just to revisit what he said over there. If somebody prays from morning until night, and engages in fasting, you can engage in acts of piety that will lead him to oblivion if done in a destructive way. By engaging these acts of, of piety to excess, a person can isolate themselves, become essentially a monk or a hermit, as is found in the lands of Adam and Yishmael, both of these societies apparently have developed certain individuals that engage in activities that tend to put them at the margins. Although a monk is praised in these societies, it is not 
valued within the Jewish community. And that's why the Ben Ezra is contrasting the excess of tzaddik, al-tiyat tzaddik, harbe. One should engage in prayer. One should engage in appropriate fasting. But in excess, in a manner that pulls a person away from Yishuv, from civilization, so it's destructive. So follow, following that idea, Ibn Ezra says, he's revisiting the discussion over here, a few psukim later. Ve'inyano, da ki lo sucha the idea that Shlomo HaMelech is trying to convey is that we need to know that it is not possible that a person will not sin. The degree of sin, of course, is dependent on the greatness of the individual, but on the finest scale of judgment, there's nobody who will be 100% exonerated, whether it be in the realm of action, or speech, or thought. As is written in the book of Proverbs, concerning the seven abominations, Lev Charish Machshavas Ovet. The heart plowing thoughts of sin. The Indian Ashayasetov Tomid Loyechatal Olo. The description here is in the larger picture. A person can do good, but to do so consistently without fail, without sinning ever. And sin, in the broader sense of the word, of missing the mark without a margin of error, that's just not within the realm of the human. And that doesn't mean that a person is not responsible for his sins. A person is responsible for his sins because at any given case where he failed, he could have succeeded. But on the whole, nobody has the ability to never fail. A person will invariably make mistakes. The, the requirement here is to do teshuva. By introducing teshuva, God has given us a vehicle to overcome the imperfections that we invariably will engage in through our lives. Let's take a look at the Mitsudos. Ki Adam Vigomer Ein Bechol Haaretz Adam Tzadik Bechol Derachov There is no man who is righteous in a land in all of his ways. Asher Tomid Yasetov that will always do what is good and complete. 
and will never sin or miss. And the wisdom, here he's explaining the continuity from the previous verse. Wisdom is a source of strength for the wise. Following in the thoughts of Targum and Rashi, the verse is, is coming on the heels of the greatness of the virtue of Chachma, of wisdom, knowing in advance that we should be looking for personal imperfections gives us the conclusion that we better be examining our deeds. And as the Targum said, to quickly return. He doesn't speak it out. Why quickly? But Targum did speak it out. With the Mitzudah's David, we have an added dimension that it is a facet of Chachma. Chachma is the attribute of seeing what's coming. And we see mortality on the horizon. So we need to do teshuva with alacrity. We need to do teshuva because nobody's perfect. We need to do so without delay because of the other aspect of Chachma. Ad de loyomos, before death. Let's see the Svarno. Ki adam ein tzadik ba'aretz, asher yaseto velo yecheto, ve'amarati, and I have stated, shehachachma ta'oz yosem inachushim. Wisdom fortifies with strength more than the senses. Ki amnam gam bechacham yigbru lepamim hachushim ve'echetabahem. For on occasion you can find, even by the wise, the overpowering ascendancy that is brought about through the senses that leads a person to error. Bifrat, butosephes, vigiron, particularly in a matter of degree, of either excess or some matter of inadequacy, through the hasata, the, the senses can lead a person astray towards error. So it's important for a person to try and be on the mark and not be drawn away from the ideal based on the perception of the senses. Following the idea of the Ibn Ezra, that it's a follow-up to the previous verse. But according to Talmud Chachma, who interpreted that verse differently, he'll have a little bit of a different angle. 
in terms of the what is the interpretation there in verse 16 and the import over here over there the Talmud Chachma said that a person should not be righteous in his eyes which will lead him to view God's judgment as imperfect and that will in turn lead him to other errors theological errors that can be very expensive in terms of his well-being for eternity so here according to Talmud Chachma it's, it's following on the heels of that warning from King Solomon that if somebody is self-righteous so he's going to barricade himself from doing teshuva, which is also a terrible outcome. Because the reality is, everybody needs to do teshuva. Let's see the next pasuk. Gam lechol hadvarim Also, for all of the words that they shall speak, don't give it to your heart, don't take it to heart. Asher lo sishma es avdecha That you shouldn't hear your slave curse you. Mentaragun. Uf. Gam. Also. Kol milayo. All the words. Dimalalun loch. Rashia. All the words spoken to you by the wicked. Lo simsar libach. Do not give over your heart. Lekabalushon, to receive them. These are words of the wicked. A person has to be careful not to expose oneself to just absorb the words of the wicked. Dilo yesun yomim. That a person shouldn't have days come. Where a person will hear his own servant or slave. That will curse you. And you will not have the power to be spared from his hand, from the hand of his slave. A person leaves himself exposed to accept, give credence, take to heart the words of the wicked, so this will invariably be destructive. The, the ultimate result, result will be the days will come when your slave will overpower you and you will not have the ability, the strength, to be saved from his hand. Let's see how Rashi explains this. Gam lechol advarim. Lefi shindabe b'shol shekibelo shnohara al nov ir hakohanim. Prior to this point we were speaking, Rashi says, quoting the Medrash, about King Saul and his struggles with the command 
to wipe out Amalek. And conversely, his harsh destruction of the city of No, of Kohanim, he did so because he accepted the Lashon Hara, Al-Novi Akonim, he accepted the evil speech, the slander against the city, that they were against him. In his mind he felt he was putting down a rebellion. And concerning him was the statement, do not be overly wicked. Omar Gam Cholodvorim Following that idea is the warning. All of the matters that they shall speak to you, all of those talebearers coming with what to say to the king, don't give your heart to accept them. It's important not to fall prey to the dangers of every report. This report that he did fall prey to led to bloodshed. Nov Irkonim was not out to get King Saul. They were not trying to rebel. The slander was unfounded. And it's important to take with a grain of salt the words of slander, to not accept them as truth. That a person who doesn't do this, a person who just accepts the word of anyone, whatever they're saying, whoever they are, it is not good, continues Rashi, for you to turn your ear to hear your servant curse you. If a person is like King Saul in a position of power, so he is demeaning his statue to a degree by seeking out words of disparagement against him. He will invariably hear complaint phrased as his servant cursing him. And this is not something that is befitting for him to be running after, to be turning his ear towards, to pick up. Alternatively, continuing off of the previous verse, going back to verse 19, these are the ten governors that bring a person to liability. 
Shte'enov, the two eyes. Marin also divrevera, they show him matters of sin. Shte'oznov, his two ears. Mashmino sodvarim they make him hear frivolous words. Shte'yodov, his two hands. Shegozo v'chomes bahem, that he can employ to steal or extort. Shteraglov, his two feet. Shemolichan also a that can transport him to, ma- to matters of sin. Upiv v'libo, and his mouth and his heart. Ten governors. A person should not be accepting of these reports that he is inundated with, but he needs to be judicious. Not to just absorb everything and follow after everything that may be brought to his attention or that he is capable of pursuing. Another interpretation, Rashi says, We saw this in the Medrash. So here Rashi is already going back to explain verse 19. Noach was granted wisdom that supported him beyond the ten generations that preceded him. We find in the Medrash that Noach was given certain development, technological development, an easing of the curse that Adam sustained after the, the sin in Ganeden. Alternatively, the Chacham Zavram. Who is the wise hinted at in the verse? Abraham. Masar Shaliti, Masar From the ten governors, ten generations that preceded him between Abraham and Noah. Dover Acher. Another interpretation. The Chacham Zayosef. Wisdom. Give strength to the wise. That's a reference to Yosef Atzadik, Joseph. Measara Shalitim. More than ten governors. Elu Echot. These are his brothers. Dover Acher. Alternatively. And this this chat we saw brought in Tagum. What's a medrash really? For the wise, this is referring to Moshe, Moses, Asar Shalitim, and the ten governors, Asar Dvorim Hamishamshin Esaguf, ten facets of extracting energy to serve the body, Aldei Maichot through food, 
min puma le vishta, min vishta le kresa, vechulu, on the mouth, to the esophagus, to the various aspects of the stomach, digestion, as we saw in the medrash, vichachmasa amdalo le Moshe, and Moshe's wisdom stood for him, that he did not need to eat for 40 days and 40 nights. And Rashi is taking a broader look. All of these various interpretations are coming from the Medrash. But I'm not able to explain in context how they fit in with the subsequent verse. Ki Adam ein tzadik ba'aretz. This verse, why is it the continuity of each of these ideas? So Rashi is saying that it's all of these are midrashim, various homiletical interpretations that don't fit well in pshat. In pshat, you're going to have a continuity flowing from verse to verse, and that's absent, at least Rashi says he doesn't know how, to work these interpretations through pshat. Let's see. Esvarna. Gam lechol hadvorim. Asher yidabru, al titen libecho, yidaberu. And also, for all the words that they shall speak, you shall not give over your heart. In as much as even the righteous occasionally stumble, through the enticement of the senses, Roy Shilo Tiktsov al Kol Davar Pesha, Shidabru Acherimalo. Inasmuch as even the righteous occasionally stumble, as he described in the previous verse, through the enticement of the senses, it is fitting that he should not be angered at every infraction that is spoken, at any antagonism that he experiences from others, but rather he should be forgiving. Lo tishma, you shouldn't hear. Lo tita ozen lishma, you shouldn't turn your ear to hear. Your slave curse you. Let's see, mitzudos. Gam l'chol advarim. Rotzilomar, od toel ha The intent, Mitzudos David says, is that there's another facet of wisdom that will give benefit. That from all of the words that will be spoken about you, matters of degrading or embarrassing words, don't give your heart over to be concerned with them. And Chachma tells a person to not 
take disparaging words too hardly, too harshly. Don't don't take it to heart. By employing chachma, wisdom, a person will be able to have an objectivity and a judiciousness that he will not listen to his slave curse him. Kilomar, meaning, lo to not be concerned with such words, as though you hadn't heard it. That person might hear something, but a person doesn't have to take it to heart. And if, when he has the opportunity, he could exact vengeance from his servant. But nonetheless, he will not. Meaning the idea is to let it roll off and not fester waiting for the opportunity to be vengeful. The idea is to not hear it, to not let it penetrate in a way that wounds a person. So even if a person hears his own slave cursing him and he has an opportunity to be vengeful, Chachma says, don't do it. Wisdom tells a person to be forgiving of this affront and to act as though he has not heard it. Avdecha means your slave. Certainly it's it, it can be used occasionally as a citizen of a king. That means a a person who is in the service of the Shorish of Avdecha, or Eved, is also related to the word Avoda, who does service. So yes, servant, right? One who does service. And this is a an added step to the first part of the verse to not be overly sensitive to all of the words that will be spoken from peers or others in contrast with Abdecho. Let's see this far now. Gam l'chol advarim asher yidabeiru also for all the words that shall be spoken al titin libecha don't give your heart me'acha shegam hatzadik I'm sorry, I apologize. This we we saw already, <clears throat> but the concluding, concluding part of the verse, he says, I'm sorry, the Talumus Chachma, he says over here as follows, 
גם לכל הדברים אשר ידברו, also for all of the words that shall be spoken, אסורה שליטים אהם, these ten governors, אל תיתן לי בך, do not give over your heart, לכל אשר ידברו, to everything that they will say, וירצו להטוס אוסך, and they seek to derail you, to get you off course. That you shouldn't hear your servant or your slave curse you. You should not listen to the evil inclination. That God has given you as a slave to serve you. As is written in Mishle, Chavtes Chavalev 29. One who treats from youth his servant in a manner that is overly coddling and in the end, this servant will become the master. Shalit, Rashi says. Rashi is explaining this based on the Gemara in Sukkah, Nunbezim Bez. that one who indulges the evil inclination, who is meant to be his slave, will find himself, instead of with a slave, with a master. Yitzhara is a gift of drives. But if the drives are indulged, instead of being channeled to work according to what the person should do, then it will become emboldened and become the master, not subject to the person's decisions. So the Talmud Chachma says over here as well, you don't want to be hearing your servant curse you, your slave curse you, meaning the evil inclination, who is a gift. The evil inclination seeks to denigrate a person. The curse described here is to denigrate. The drive, various drives of the Yitzhaharaf, the evil inclination, pressure a person. But a person needs to not be concerned with indulging the Yitzhahara, but standing firm to ensure that the drives that they have are not being the master, but being fulfilled through the divine will. I mean, how the Torah wants a person to use their drives.
the, the way the Talmud's Chachma explains it is that this dynamic is where the, the Yitzhahara is your slave, but it's pushing against you with a desire to subjugate you, to push you down. So the Asara Shalitim, the way he's learning it of the previous verse, as we saw in a number of interpretations, are the various senses that we have. But if a person takes to heart everything that they're sensing without processing it and making choices about what to pursue, what not to pursue, then ultimately they will hear their servant, the evil inclination, their slave, curse them, which is the opposite of what a slave should do. A slave should be in service. And here it will be in a position of subjugating the supposed master, denigrating the master. Let's see, Pasuk Chavbez. Higam pa'amim rabos yodali becho asher gam ato kilalto acherim. For there are also many times that your heart knows that you have as well cursed other. Tagam says, Arum chazeloch lemitztak yazdina for you shall see to justify the judgment bizman diyilot loch gevar at a time when a person curses you veleis dechavasov and there is not like you deav zimnin sagin yodolibach for there are also many times that your heart has known, that you as well, that you have cursed others. So if you feel that it's not fair, it's not just what you're experiencing at the hands of others, so the Chachma says, that a person should look at how they have interacted in a manner that is cursed others and that should quell their sense of injustice. This would be a tzidduk, lemitztak, to put it in a proper, a proper perspective. Let's see Rashi. No Rashi here, and Pasuk Chavbez, Ibn Ezra. Ve'ha'inyin, okay, what is the idea being conveyed? Al-tachosh l'divrei ha'mavazim u'mkalalim. Don't be concerned with the words of those who disparage and curse. Kikvayateda, for you have already known. Shigamato kilato achir, you too have cursed others. Oh, hein, 
Bepicha O Machshavasecha. You have either cursed them, whether physically with your mouth or in your thoughts. If there's ever crossed a person's mind some fleeting thought of being disparaging, that also is a, a reason to, as we saw in the Targum, be matzdik, to justify why it should not be so concerning. It's easy to take it out of proportion because it, it's not pleasant to be on the receiving end of degradation or curse, but it doesn't take much for a person to have a, even a fleeting thought that would be disparaging of another. So don't take it so hard. Let's see the Mitsudas David. Kigam, kol pam, kigam pamim rabos, rotelomar, lo pam veloshtaim. Many times, not once, not twice. Kiafilu pamim rabos, yoda libcha, for even many times your heart has known, vizocharta badavar, and you can recall the matter. Asher gamata kilata you too have cursed others. And wisdom shall teach you to think Why should my heart be so distraught that others are cursing me? Chachma says that if, if a person is engaged in cursing that he should not be distressed at being on the receiving end. You should not view it as unacceptable, as a horrible affront, if essentially he engages in the same type of activities against others. Let's see them. Sephardo, Kolze, Koma Sheoma. This is describing the enticement of the senses. Like what happens to the slave in his servitude. And it's appropriate to recognize that it's not appropriate or fitting to be angered over this. There are times that, by nature of the relationship, this slave will be inclined towards cursing, not by virtue of a bad master, but by virtue of him being a slave in servitude. And therefore, it's important not to take it personally. If the person is bearing the brunt of this attack, but it's not really an attack against them. It's an attack against whatever is underlying their position. 
So they should not be so angered. They should not feel personally attacked. Should recognize where it's coming from. Should introduce a sense of humanity and tolerance when this is something that there's a degree of natural friction here that can lead to less than ideal outcomes. Let's see. Talmud Chachma. Gam Pamim Rabos. For also many times. Hello, Yadulach. It's known to you. Asher Pogam to Abelomos Halyonim. You have caused blemish in supernal worlds. By following the advice of the evil inclination numerous times. This is what it is stating afterwards. You too have cursed others, Pirush. You have caused through following the dictates of the evil inclination degradation of others. Al-Kain, therefore, do not listen to his advice at all. For he is your slave that is cursing you. His will is just to bring you down, to oppress you or suppress you, but not to bring about a good outcome for you, even though he is your slave. A person following the dictates of the evil inclination leaves devastation in his wake. The, the suffering that he feels afterwards, he should be able to trace to that error of following the advice of the evil inclination. The Medrash in Kohelis says, Ki Adam ain tzadik ba'aretz asher yaseto velo yechato. For man, there is no righteous one in the land that does good and never sins. Amar Rabbi Yudan. Rabbi Yudan said, Vechi yesh Adam tzadik vechote. Is there such a thing as a man who is righteous and a sinner? Ela, it's referring to those that collect tzedakah, charity, and those who dole out the charity. In a manner that is fitting, and in a manner that is not fitting. And those that give as is fitting, And do not sin. Heach. How do you have this idea of, of not sinning? As it says, So it's describing a degree of precision mentioned in the civil war 
between Binyamin and the other tribes that you had soldiers that were able to essentially be sharpshooters to hit a target at the precision of a hair's breadth without missing it, without fail. So you can have tremendous precision. So it is possible to be extremely precise that we do find. It's possible to be a sharpshooter. But what's harder to do is to get it right as described with collecting and giving out of tzedakah meaning just to, to speak about it in a broader sense it is possible to be exceedingly precise certainly certainly in the hands of man man can be precise so we saw in many of the commentaries don't deny that but what they do say is that man's precision is not replicable consistently. Man can be precise, but to do so tamid, without ever failing, that is superhuman. That's one approach. The approach of the medrash seems to be a bit different. It's dealing with the challenges within what's doing, within doing what's right, within tzedakah. We're talking about giving out tzedakah, collecting tzedakah and giving tzedakah. Ostensibly, the person involved, or people involved, are doing tzedkus, righteousness. But to do so in a manner that is so precise as, as to achieve perfection, that's something that is beyond, beyond consistently doing. There are various degrees of need. There are various degrees of how one should go about collecting, how one should go about determining who to give to, how much dealing with finite resources and how to distribute them among the needy. This is a, an awesome challenge. And the Medrash explains through that challenge how you have Adam Tzadik Vichote. He is righteous, but he's still missing the mark. He is still not able to fully, entirely get the exact ideal of how to distribute these funds correctly in the, in the most ideal sense. Even though he's busy doing a mitzvah, he's giving tzedakah. But that degree of precision is... Is hard to achieve, right? Who is, 
who is saying that they need but doesn't really need and to what degree it's a quote from Aesop's fables the creaking wheel makes a lot of noise but is not doing most of the labor right the silent oxen are pulling the wagon and it's the creaking wheel that's making all the noise so who is really needy who is really not needy to be a good gabai tzedakah to really get an accurate sense of who needs and to what degree that requires a tremendous de- degree of precision that is virtually impossible to, to get right in the absolute sense. Part of the complexity of giving tzedakah and ascertaining the needs is knowing where the person who's asking is coming from. If somebody is coming from a wealthier baseline, so he feels a need for certain things, that somebody who's coming from a more simple background would view as luxuries. And that factors into tzedakah. Somebody feels that they need something, so there is a, if they legitimately feel that way based on where they're coming from, it is a fulfillment of tzedakah, of course, not as much as truly taking care of their absolute needs, but this is a, a relative question. What does that person need? King Solomon's needs are greater than a pauper's needs. And if he were disenfranchised, it would be a fulfillment of tzedakah to provide for King Solomon and all of his needs. Even though most people would say that's lavish. But for where he's coming from, those are what he needs. Of course, it's, it's a lower degree, but it's called Asher Salom. He feels a sense of loss, a lack, and not having something it is included in tzedakah. So, yeah, there are various degrees of tzedakah, and knowing where the person's coming from is important. It is important to help them, and part of knowing what would help them is getting a sense of where they're coming from, in terms of alcoholic beverage, you know, that, that in of itself is not necessarily harmful if consumed in the right way. But context is very important. And looking at what their actual needs are, are those being fulfilled? So that, that certainly would take precedent over they're used to having a beer and they don't have a beer if, if that's not actually manifesting as a real need but it it could be manifest as something that they feel they're lacking based on what they're used to. So it, it could be the category of asher yachsarlo, even if it's not technically a need. It's something that they feel they're lacking.